I'm very thankful for the opportunity to preach. I went to a camp last year um, on preaching, and we learned about preaching for a week. And then, you know, a few months ago, my dad came to me with a paper, and he was like, you want to preach on a Wednesday night? And I was like, sure, because I've been waiting to preach for a while um, and see, you know. So I am, I think, the second last, second to last person. And like my dad said, uh, I'm in, my text is four, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Let's pray before we get into God's word. Dear Father, I pray that um, as we come before you tonight that we would open our ears and open our hearts and listen well and give me the courage and the wisdom to preach what you want me to. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, every time I'm at the airport, I'm fascinated by the concept of planes landing. You may think that's crazy, but I love to watch those massive bird-like machines descending from thousands of feet to land on the runway, tires extended as the many tons of airplane are transferred from the wings to the rubber as it meets the road. No one on the plane knows how well the tires will support them or if they will fail and send them careening off the runway at hundreds of miles per hour. Tires are tested when they touch the road. In the same way, we won't find out what level of Christian we are until we go out and interact with the real world. It's easy to agree with everything the pastor says on Sunday, but on Monday, go home or at work and revert back to our flesh. Tonight, I would like to take some time and speak to you on three important keys so that, it's so that as it says in verse 12 of our text tonight, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. Now, I'd like to read um, the entirety of our text, uh, starting in verse 9, chapter 4, and verse 1 Thessalonians. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But I beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. So I told you I had three keys. And the first key is that we need to increase in love, as it says in verses 9 and 10. I won't read the whole verse, but or the, both verses, but um, Paul is saying that we need to increase in love, but God has already taught us to love one another, but we need to increase. And there are two ways that I think we can increase in our love. We can increase in the borders of our love, firstly. God is telling us that if we are to be an effective member of the body of Christ and a good example of the believers to unsaved people, we need to increase in the borders of our love, and by that I mean the amount of people that we do love. And this starts in the church. You know, you may think, well, the church is all Christians, you know, and that means we should love everybody. But how many times do you go after the service and be like, oh, ooh, there's Uncle Alan over there. I don't want to talk to him. Oh, wait. Oh, there's Mr. Caleb over there. You know, he preached, but I don't know, he's, he's very spiritual. I'll go hang out with my friends, you know. 
all the really spiritual ones. But that's, that's wrong. We need to love everyone. We need to increase in the borders of our love. You need to get out of your comfort zone and interact with people, not just your age or your level of, you know, whatever. You need to interact with people older than you, younger than you, of the opposite gender, no matter how awkward that may seem at my age, <laughs> or <laughs> people of a different ethnicity, people of a different color skin. It doesn't matter. We are all people created by God, and we are all have a soul, and we, and we need to recognize that, and that means we should love everyone. If you are loving people in your church, that means that it will be easier for you to love people outside of the church because people in the church are Christians, but they still are people. So if you get practice, now it's not practice because it's still reality, but if you get practice on people in the church, you will be able to better love people outside of the church. So then you will be able to increase the borders of your love to, like it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That means we can love the entire world and, and um, be able to have an impact on the entire world just by being able to love everyone. If we can love everyone, God can use us to love the entire world. So first, expand the borders of your love. Second, Increase the amount of your love. God is telling us that if we can be an effective member of the body of Christ and a good example of believers to unsaved people, we are to increase in our amount of love for others. This starts with loving God himself. If we do not have a strong, consistent relationship with God, we won't be able to reach others. Think of this like a power bank. Now this is like a remote charger. It's like an extra battery for if you are on the go, you know, and you don't, you don't have access to a power outlet. You can charge your phone or other device with a power bank. But a power bank does not inherently contain charge. It must be plugged in to an outlet to gain power, right? So think of the power bank like you and me. This, we are like this power bank in that we cannot gain power of our own. We have to be daily in God's word and in prayer, which is like plugging this power bank into a power outlet. God is like the power outlet. He has infinite power, and he will share some of his power with you if you get in his word and spend time with him every day. So that means if you are loving God, if you are connected to God, if you're charging from God, you can go out into the world and be able to use your power that you got from God. It's not your power. It's God's power. And be able to charge other people. <clears throat> now, also, you need, when you go into God's word, you can't just go. You can't go in like you are because we all sin. We all you know, we have sins and thoughts and emotions clogging our reach to God. Like the Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, um, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That means that if you are in sin and you, are not, and you have not confessed that sin, you can't connect to God. It's like a bad power bank. When you plug a bad power bank in, it may look like it's charging, but then when you unplug it, 
it, it doesn't actually have any charge in. The, the lights may light up, may show you that it's charged, but when you actually go out and try to use it for something else, it has little or no effect. That's why we must confess our sin and depend on God for our power. And if you are depending on God for your power, and if your life is not clogged with sin, if you are a good power bank, you will be able to transmit love to others more effectively. Another way that can hinder you from loving others is if you're not loving your family. Now, this connects right back to the power bank, but I thought it's important because this is one that um, a lot of people struggle with, and I thought it would be good to address this specifically. If you're trying to um, disciple a new Christian, but at home you're abusing or misusing your wife and children, or in my case, your brothers and sisters, you won't be an effective discipler because there is sin in your life. Now, this isn't rocket science, and this isn't something new or novel. This is just everyday, down-to-earth obedience of God and his word. Remember back in verse 9 of our text that Paul said that God had already taught them to love one another? He says, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. Because why? You are taught of God to love one another. Now, how does God teach us to love other people? He doesn't just tell us. He doesn't just say love because it's not that simple. God proved his love for us and taught us to love one another by sending his son, Jesus Christ, who proved his love for us and God the Father's love by dying on the cross to pay the price that no one else could, the price for our sin. Jesus uh, paid our penalty so that we, if we can confess our sins and believe, and like it says in Romans 10:9, that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. We don't need to discover how to love each other. God has already shown us a perfect example in himself. This is the first key to being an example of the believers and lacking nothing. Now, the second key is to mind your own business. Now, you may think, what does minding your own business have to do with the Bible? Right? But the Bible very clearly says here in 1 Thessalonians 4.11, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business. And then, and as we commanded to, I'll skip that part. Uh, you may think that this is a less important topic, but this is very important when you want others to respect you. If you want to be a good model of believers to unbelievers, you must learn to mind your own business. This is simple. It just means that you shouldn't pry into other people's affairs and in places where you don't belong. When you're building someone's trust saying, I was just curious, doesn't cut it. This doesn't mean that if someone wants to share something with you, you shouldn't bear their burdens. This just saying that you shouldn't give advice where it's not wanted. This is also important because, like it says in Matthew 7, 3 through 5, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. 
That means you must make sure that you don't have sin in your own life before you're trying to deal with someone else's sin. So love, increase in love, mind your own business, and thirdly, we need to work hard. And this, and it's also, is talking about this in verse 11, the second half, and to work with your own hands. This verse goes right along with minding your own business because you can't work hard unless you are minding your own business. If you're always concerned with others' affairs, you won't ever do anything about your own. And then specifically, this goes specifically to working hard, you also must not be lazy. If you think about it, if you look throughout the entire Bible, if you look throughout history, God has never, ever used lazy people to do great things. Even if you look in Judges, there were some pretty bad, sinful people in Judges, but none of them, like look at Samson. He, was, he committed a lot of sins, but he wasn't lazy. He was a go-getter. So God can use sinful people, but God cannot use lazy people. Also, you think that unbelievers will respect and trust you if you are a lazy person? Is that a good model of Christ and the Christian faith to young believers and unbelievers? Is that a good model of Christ to him? Is that a good, um, is that right? Also, you must work hard to provide for yourself and your family. Or if you aren't a parent or a spouse, in my case, to help your family, right? So if I get my schoolwork done, then I need to get my chores done so that our family can prosper and thrive and so that we'll be able to do something else besides clean house all day. Paul makes this point at the end of verse 12 when he says, and that ye may have lack of nothing. So that means we, if we are working hard, then we won't have any, we'll have everything we need that God has given us so that then we can go out and walk honestly. We can be a good example. We can disciple others. We can reach others with the gospel. But that starts with working hard in your own life. That means you need to be working hard at your job or at your schoolwork so that you can finish that and take the resources that you get from that, your time, your knowledge from school, and the Bible, or your um, family, or your resources, and go out and reach others for the gospel. You can take your resources and give them to the church. You can use your time to go out and disciple another believer. You can take your family and go take another family and go to the park and be able to, you know, build relationships. But this starts with working hard for yourself. So three keys Increase in love, mind your own business, and work hard. This is where the rubber meets the road. Right? If you are not increasing in love, minding your own business, and working hard, you cannot reach others with the gospel. So, the three keys. Let's pray. Dear Father, uh, thank you for uh, giving me your knowledge and your wisdom to preach and um, I pray that as we close, um, that people will go home and that they will take what they have learned or been reminded of tonight and to remember it and to practice it out in their lives and help me as well, as you know I needed this message too, to be able to 
do the same, to increase in love, to mind my own business, and to work hard. And uh, thank you that everyone came out tonight. Uh, help us as we go in prayer to uh, have clean spirit and not harbor sin in our lives because then God won't hear us and uh, pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.